0: Hello and welcome to our new series, Unlocking the Future, EU Industry Days podcast, presenting insights, trends and challenges, but also fresh opportunities emerging from Europe's industrial transformation. In this episode, our guests talk about the green economy and the shift towards sustainable energy and food systems. As we face up to the urgency of the climate crisis, young people are on the forefront and are paying increasing attention to environmental, health, social and ethical issues. They want food that's fresh, locally sourced and sustainably produced. They share transport and goods not in use. They know their actions affect climate change, energy and resource use. And they're prepared to challenge outdated economic ideas that take, make and throw away valuable resources. Welcome to the Green Economy. We're lucky to have with us today a generation of European entrepreneurs from Croatia and Estonia, respectively, who are showing the way to a circular green economy that responds to growing concerns about the climate and is fair, inclusive for people and the planet. Joining us today, we have Filip Kopračina, founder of Energy Shift. Thank you for being here.
1: Hello,
2: everyone. And of course, thank you for having me.
0: And Ingrid Hermet, the CEO and co-founder of Nutrilube.
1: Uh Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for the invite. Ingrid, thank you so much for being here. Tell us
0: a bit about your work as an entrepreneur and how you came to it.
1: Uh, well, my journey started actually when I was uh, working in a public sector. And then I uh, found out what circular economy is. And I wanted to implement this idea in entrepreneurship. So about uh, six, five years ago, we started uh, Nutriloop. And uh, the idea uh, behind Nutriloop is to collect food waste from different places, for example, office buildings, restaurants, marketplaces, and uh, to valorize it uh, and create biofertilizers out of it. And, uh, the end result is biofertilizer and this we use together with regenerative agriculture practices that we see as the farming future. Uh, so we are closing the loop uh, entirely from the resource uh, until the food production itself. Philip, before we launch
0: into the topic, tell us a bit more about yourself and about Energy Shift.
2: I'm Philip Koprčina and I originally come from Croatia. I started Energy Shift, which is a web based blockchain powered platform that enables citizens to jointly invest in and co own solar farms. So far, individuals and consumers couldn't really invest in renewable energy, not even in the old traditional sources of energy. They couldn't participate in the energy transition, they couldn't own a part of a power plant. So, right now, they can basically invest in renewable energy. They can support the clean energy movement, transition to renewable energy, while also getting money in return in the next 10 to 20 years. So they're basically creating a passive income for themselves, while also doing good for the environment in the same time, and supporting local economy and new jobs and green growth.
0: Okay, let's now get into the conversation about what the move towards a circular economy or a more sustainable economy means for the traditional industries, because we see a lot of these traditional sectors that are seemingly very much entrenched in old practices or inefficient practices. What sort of a role do you see for yourself and young entrepreneurs in shaking things up?
2: Well, first of all, the EU's goal is to transition to renewable, clean and sustainable energy production, all while leaving no one behind. So that means that traditional industries and workers of those industries will have to adapt learn new skills, and offer new services. We can see the changes that happened in the energy sector in the last few years. The price of new technologies, most notably solar panels, fell 90% in the last 10 years. And the price decreased 99% since solar panels were invented in 1954, which was almost 70 years ago. And it will continue decreasing with new technologies and government policies. Thus, traditional producers will have to adapt, as the production cost of renewable energy will be much cheaper, making the production from traditional sources unprofitable.
1: I see those traditional sectors as energy, food, uh, really like the keys in the future, because everything is so much connected. For example, food industry is connected to the energy sector. Just to bring an example, uh, fertilizers uh, the price of the fertilizers tripled last year because the energy prices went up so uh, also the food prices went up so this is a huge issue for everyone and and uh, this has to transition those sectors has to transition they have to change so yeah I, I see a big role in in uh, for example, food sector and uh, in f- future innovations.
0: What were the challenges you felt you have to overcome? I and mean, I'm conscious as well of the fact that we've been going through this global pandemic as well, which must have added to difficulties.
1: Uh, as a young entrepreneur, I was facing a challenge of uh, lack of uh, knowledge or lack of experience like every other entrepreneur. And there were people who are saying that there are traditional ways how, how we do this in waste sector, in food sector, and uh, to change that, it's really difficult and time-consuming. It will take you a lifetime to change it. But uh, I really felt that I have to listen to my own intuition and uh, understand that uh, we have to do things really differently in order to really make an impact.
2: Yes, indeed. As a young person setting up a business, you often have an idea what you want to do, but you rarely have the necessary skills as the current education system doesn't teach you how to start a business. When I was starting out a few years ago, there was a lack of support for young people having a desire to start a business. But I have to say that in recent years and months, I can see a lot of opportunities for young people and startups to get the necessary mentoring and support they need in the beginning. And a lot of them were supported by the European Union, such as EIT Digital Venture Programme, EIT Jumpstarter, and many other programs that I participated in or have heard of. Another challenge that I have to say for young people is that uh, there is a lot of skepticism from the investors, which basically stems from the fact that you often lack the necessary experience. And that also leads to having challenges raising funding for your company or cooperating with bigger companies.
0: And I'm wondering how are the big EU initiatives such as the circular economy, the farm-to-fork strategy or the Green Deal, how important are those and these developments and how much do they impact you when you see them coming at a pan-European level or initiatives coming out of the European Commission?
1: Those strategies uh, have a huge impact Uh, especially when it comes to the dialogue with public sector because now we have common ground uh, in our discussions. Uh, When we first started we felt that we are a little bit ahead of time and a little bit fantasizing about how the future should be. Uh, People didn't believe that it's really economically viable back then, but uh, now we see more and more examples that it's Really beneficial and it's common sense. So it has helped a lot that the EU has such um, great targets.
2: Yes, this has certainly been a big factor. But generally, we have to transition to a more sustainable economy, which is decoupled from resource use and specifically transition away from fossil fuels as they are finite. There's a fact that I learned recently, and it was shocking to me, that uh, 75% of EU's greenhouse gas emissions come from the production and use of energy. And not to mention that EU also doesn't have enough of these resources to satisfy our demand. We import billions of euros of fossil fuels, mostly crude oil, natural gas, which largely come from Russia. That leaves us in this situation of exorbitant energy and heating bills, as we don't set the price, but more importantly, as a serious geopolitical situation in which we are dependent on a country with a different set of values than Europe. On my business side of things, uh, Green Deal is providing a fantastic opportunity for my business as it is pushing consumers to change their behavior and adopt a more sustainable way of living. By setting a carbon price, the legislative also created a market for other businesses and technologies that were simply not profitable until now. For example, carbon sequestration businesses.
0: When we hear about new startups or entrepreneurial ideas that shake up the current status quo, we often think of terms like the sharing economy, the social economy, the platform economy, or new ways of digitization um, the existing economy, all leading to a green economy. Do you think all those things fit together or can you give me examples of where you think they are relevant and maybe where they are not so useful?
2: Well, I believe that it depends on the business and your point of view. Each business can have its advantages and its disadvantages. Let's take an example of Airbnb. Airbnb is a community built on sharing economy. It's an online platform, that allows property owners to lease their extra room to travellers and it reduces the need to build tourist apartments as well as hotels, thus reducing the emissions and the resource use. On the other hand, people nowadays buy apartments with a sole purpose to rent them out on Airbnb, increasing the price of accommodation or a home for the first-time homebuyers while also increasing the need to build more housing units.
1: Uh, green economy is much more wider term or even concept. When we talk about sharing economy and all those platforms, they have a really huge part uh, in, in green economy. For example, Bolt, the, sh- the car sharing platform. Some people don't need to own a car anymore because of that. That's really great. But green economy is uh, related to... So many other things, too, like uh, well-being, social welfare, biodiversity, resource use. So it's not the same at all. But of course, as I said, those IT solutions are great, but they don't solve everything, let's say.
0: Now, if you could wave a magic wand tomorrow and get everything you needed to tackle things like waste or inefficiency or pollution or soil degradation, what would you wish for? What would be the, uh, the implements or the instruments that you would need to, uh, to d- achieve all your goals?
2: Well, that's, that's an interesting question that you pose. I would wish for EU to create an innovation license for star- startups of some sorts, allowing them to test out their new technologies in the real world environment and solve some of the pressing issues that we have today. A lot of the times I see new technologies that governments and administrations don't really know how to regulate, and the startups themselves cannot deploy this technology as a result of it not being regulated or legal. On the other hand, there should also be easier access to EU funds for financing the innovative businesses and startups, as lack of funding is one of the biggest reasons why startups fail.
1: If I had a magic wand, I would really like put those topics together and uh, make, the, make like officials, entrepreneurs to see them together as a whole because it's so interlinked and holistic and systematic. Like when it comes to food, then we talk about biodiversity, soil, waste, water, everything. So I hope that we are moving away from those silo towers that we usually call them, and uh, really see this whole complex world and we can solve it really systematically.
0: And finally then, what sort of advice or message would you like to give to our listeners as a take-home, or even imagine you were giving advice to your younger self um, in terms of how to support the green economy uh, generally or across Europe?
1: What I would recommend is to really ask questions. Why something is like this as it is? Can we do it better? Because some things are just so traditional and uh, people think this is how it should be. Like, for example, farming. We don't need heavy agrochemicals or heavy tilling. We just need nature-based solutions and there are more evidence about that already. So be curious, ask questions, and just uh, be brave and, uh, and start to change. For the
2: younger would-be entrepreneurs in the field, my advice would be to believe in yourself and your idea, to strive to make it happen, no matter what challenges come your way. And let me also quickly provide advice for our listeners. Mahatma Gandhi once said, be the change that you want to see in the world. I would like to modify this quote and say, invest in the change you want to see in the world. Because I believe that individuals as consumers have a choice every day to vote with their money, to buy sustainably produced goods, to buy local products, locally grown food, and support the green economy in their areas.
0: Indeed, thank you both. Very well said. That's a great point at which to wrap up. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and tips with us. And you've definitely given listeners plenty of food for thought. That's it for another episode of Unlocking the Future, the EU Industry Days podcast. Be sure to check out more in the series and feel free to like, share and show your appreciation on social media. This podcast series is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of the EU Industry Days 2022, Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place in the week of the 7th to the 11th of February 2022. For more information on the EU Industry Days, please visit the website. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Commission.